Uh, I want I want to talk about the power of small choices. A lot of times we underestimate and sometimes think that the things that we do on a daily basis are insignificant or don't matter much. But today I hope to convince you that the things you do every given, every given day and every given week actually make a big difference to those around you and even in your own life. And we're going to talk a little about that. We want to learn from the past. That's good and bad. We want to learn from what's happened that we can celebrate the things that we made mistakes. Learn from that so we don't repeat it. Uh, we also want to be able to celebrate the past, but we want to dream about what can be in the future, what the possibilities of all that can come. Uh, we want to be able to plan and prepare for the future. And part of that is writing it down and, and preparing, and then live intentionally in the present. Uh, that's kind of what today's going to be, be about as we, we look at 2015 and we celebrate. We look to 2016 and begin to prepare for all that God has for our lives. And I want to challenge you, 2016 can be the best year of your life. Uh, if you will plan for it, if you will begin to live the principles God has for you, I promise it will be a great year. Uh, and whatever comes our way, no matter what we face, we can find joy and we can find comfort and peace in the middle of all that uh, because God has good plans for us. So well, the power of small choices, 1%. I, I learned about this, this, this rule or this, this rule they, that, um, they, they teach pilots when they're learning to, to navigate and to fly, especially without instruments. Uh, it's called the, the 1 in 60 rule. And here's the idea. The 1 in 60 rule, for every single degree you fly off course, if you're a pilot, you're flying, you'll miss your target landing spot by 92 feet for every mile you fly. So every mile you fly, you get off 92 feet. All right? So that means about one mile off target for every 60 miles that you fly. So if you just started to start at the equator, you fly around the earth. If you're one degree off, that would land you almost 500 miles off target. Uh, how many of you guys think 500 miles is significant? Yeah, you're kind of missing your target, your goal, right? One degree can put you 500 miles off target in the, in the matter of one circumference. Imagine that one year, if, if this was our life and we're off one degree and we begin to go around that whole year, all right? This, you guys get the picture I'm kind of creating around the globe. You know, one year around, um, if you're off just one degree, you're not going to, you're going to miss your destination by 500 miles. Well, um, a question for you for 2015. Did you reach the destination, your destination in 2015? Did you, did you, we're, we're at the end of it, so you can look back and think, all right, did I accomplish everything I set out to accomplish in January? Did I accomplish everything I was hoping to accomplish in 2015? Really, you can answer it three ways. All right, yes, and I accomplished what I set out to do. It's awesome. It's even better than I, I thought, but yes. Uh, the other one would be no, I got off track. Uh, I forgot. I kind of forgot what my goals were. I forgot what my destination was. Or the third answer would be, um, destination? What are you talking about? I didn't know there was a destination. That's kind of like those people that just go by the every, you know, whatever you feel. Just I'm, not, I'm just going to you know, be spontaneous and see where life takes me. And, well, it's going to take you a lot of places, right? So who knows where it's going to take you, wherever your emotions lead. So those are the three answers you can say looking back at 2015. I hit my goal, I missed my goal, or I didn't even know there was a goal. Well, 2016, here's the challenge I want to, make, I want to present to you is what, what would it look like if you had a goal and you began to walk towards that goal in 2016 in different areas of your life when it comes to finances, when it comes to um, uh, relationships, when it comes to your relationship with God, relationship with your spouse, relationship with your kids, maybe your, your employees, your employer. What would it look like if you're intentional and said, you know what, this year I want to live with, in, with intentionality that I want to be able to accomplish this in this area of my life. And begin to move towards that. And then I ask you next year, 2016, so how many of you guys hit your destination? Wouldn't it be awesome if everybody in this room raised their hand and said, oh man, I hit it like in every single area of my life. Uh, we just had Christmas. And on Christmas Day, my son turns to me and says, Dad, I got everything on my wish list. I'm like, that's awesome. You know how he knew he got everything on his wish list? 
because he wrote down his wish list. And he could look at his wish list and say, I got this and this and this and this and this. I didn't buy him everything on his wish list, but he was blessed and people bought him stuff. So the point is he wrote down and he was able to track it and understand that, hey, I got everything I wanted because it was, there was a goal that was written down, right? If you don't write it down, you'll never be able to track it. If you don't have a destination, you'll never know if you get there or not. And that's kind of what we're challenging you today. So 1%, 1%, don't underestimate what you can do in a day. Don't underestimate what you can do in a week. Don't underestimate what you can do in a month. And don't underestimate what you can do in a year. Because the truth is you can do a lot. As a pastor, this is, um, I think, one of the most subtle kind of um, areas of our life. When it comes to choices we make, we don't understand the power of little choices that we make every single day. And I see a lot of people that start the journey. Maybe they, they become Christians. They begin to walk with him. And then little by little, they just kind of get off that one degree. And after a year, two years, maybe three years, they find themselves way off course. And they're thinking, how did they end up over here? What was that one decision you made way back then that kind of began to carry this way? I, in fact, as Christians, we believe that there's an enemy. His name is Satan. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy us. He, he, the original terrorist, right? He's the one that, that brings... Um, fear and brings all these things in, into our life and he wants to destroy well one of the i think one of his streak, sneakiest strategies is to just get us to to change just by one little degree I, I think that's his strategy he just wants us to to in fact a lot of um false teachings or or um beliefs that are contrary to the, to the scriptures to the bible a lot of times they're not like way in left field they're just one degree off they're just kind of a partial truth kind of twisted just this way a little bit and before you know it when you begin to follow those those uh, false teachings, you find yourself way far away from what really Jesus was trying to teach us in the first place. And that's the enemy's strategy in our life. It's not like he wants to just get you from here to way over in this, this horrible dark place. He just really wants you to turn that way. And eventually, before you know it, you're going to be way off course, lost, and not sure where you're going. Don't get off track. Even by one degree, learn to stay on track, learn to set your goal, and keep, keep walking towards that. In, in 2 Corinthians, Paul talks about this idea. Uh, he, he calls it, um, um, I guess we call it, the, it's, it's the principle of, of process that God has taken us through. Uh, glory to glory. Let me read it for you. So when, when Paul is uh, talking in, in 2 Corinthians, he's talking about uh, how the people of, of, of Moses and the people of Israel, how God was leading them and guiding them. And he compares it to us having a similar journey. And Paul says that, uh, and we all, this is 2 Corinthians 3.18, that all of us, and he's talking about people that are Christians here, who with unveiled faces, this idea that we, we have a relationship with God, uh, we contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed in his image with an ever-increasing glory. So he's saying we're being, there's this process where God is transforming us from our, the old man, the old person, into this new person, and we're being transformed, we're being renewed, we're, we're, we're looking more and more like Christ. And he says it like this with an ever-increasing glory, this idea that we go from glory to glory to glory. It's like this journey that we're on, which comes from the Lord who is spirit. Uh, our, third, our third child, um, our daughter, we named her after this principle. It's this idea of a constant ascend, that, that we as Christians are always we're called to continue to ascend up the mountain towards God. Like there's a higher way of living, and he invites us to keep taking those steps up towards that higher way of living. And every day, every year, we could find ourselves climbing higher and higher towards that person that God has us to be. And we reflect more and more of God as we do. As we go on this journey. And God invites us. And that's what, that's what he's telling us. Paul is challenging us as Christians, saying it's a process. It has to start somewhere, but you're going to go from, from glory to glory and glory. God doesn't ever want us to stay where we're at. In fact, you, you never stay in one place. You're either going backwards or you're going forward. In relationships, you're either getting better or, or it's getting worse. Relationships are not... Uh, they're not uh, dynamic. They're static. 
wait, they're not static, they're dynamic. So they don't stay still. They're always changing. And so either you're getting better or you're getting worse. I think this principle applies to all areas of our life. We're either improving in areas or we're going backwards and we're, not, we're, we're getting worse. And the, the challenge is how can we continue to follow God on this journey of becoming more and more like him, being transformed his image? 2016, God wants you to go from one level to the next level. He doesn't want you to stop there, but to keep moving forward. Not to get off one degree, but to stay the course, to keep moving, moving forward. Stay the course. Um, Habakkuk 2, 2, 2 through 3. The prophet Habakkuk, he says it like this. Um, in, in, his book, in the book of Habakkuk, he's, he's writing about these prophecies. God, he's a prophet, and God speaks to him these words and messages to the, to the, the nation of Israel and to the future and saying, hey, these are the things that are going to um, unravel the way things are going to happen. That the prophets, God would speak to them and give them words and, and, and about the future, what's happening. Well, in, in, in chapter 2, uh, Habakkuk says um, he's waiting for God to answer and respond. And in verse 2 of, of chapter 2, he says, Then the Lord answered me. And this is what the Lord told him to do. He says, Habakkuk, record the vision and, and inscribe it on tablets, that the one who reads it may run, for the vision is yet for the appointed time. So he wants you to he, make sure you write it down. I'm going to give you a vision. I'm going to give you a, a, I'm going to reveal something to you. Make sure you write it down so that whoever it's passed to can see it and can run with it and take that message with them wherever they go. The principle here is God is telling him, if you don't write it down, the people that follow you will not be able to take that message with them. In 2016, if you don't write it down, what you're trying to accomplish, at, at the end of 2016, you'll not know if you got there or not because it wasn't written down. And in fact, another translation says, when you write it down, make it plain or make it simple. I like the message. It says put it in big block letters so like, you can't miss it. Like This is the point of what you're trying to accomplish. And he says, whoever reads it will be able to run with it. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal. It will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay. This is the idea of being intentional. God is a, a God that is very intentional. Everything he set out to accomplish, he's accomplishing. It doesn't always happen overnight, but it's because you keep moving forward, it eventually comes to pass and it comes true. And God invites us into this kind of, be, to be this kind of people that say, we want to be intentional with our lives, that we can accomplish great things as we move forward, as we keep walking forward. Make it, make it plain. Write it down. Make it plain. Here's, here's the 1%, the challenge of 1%. Uh, if I asked you, would you, if you could improve your life, would you do it? And you say, yeah. What if I said it only took just a 1% change? That's all it would take to improve every single day. If you just did a 1% change. So if, if we, 1% of a day is 14 minutes. So I said, would you be willing to make a 1% change in your day by doing something different for 14 minutes? Yeah, that's doable, right? Maybe even four minutes... Starting might be a little hard. Maybe just your work day. If you gave 1% of just your work day, that would be about five minutes. So here's the thing. What if, um, if, if God has invited us into a relationship with him, what if every single day you gave God just five minutes of your day? 1% of just your work day. What would it look like after one year of giving God 1% of your time? I promise it would be, it would be a drastic difference. But it's only 1%. Remember the one degree? It's just it's a small choice, a small decision, 1% of your day. Only, 15, only five minutes, or the whole day would be 15 minutes. Like, um, there's, there's a man in our church, before he goes to work, this is his ritual. Before he drives out of the driveway, he, he, he makes sure he leaves five minutes early every day. He sits in his car, and he takes five minutes to pray and give that time to God, and then drives to work. 
I guarantee when he drives, he's a little happier because he just spent time saying, God, call me. Let me have a great day because he's giving time to God. It's just 1% of his work day, but it makes a big difference because he's focused. He's ready to accomplish what God is wanting to accomplish. What if we did this in, in, in all of the parts of our life? What if um, we gave 1% to God of our day? 14 minutes, 5 minutes, somewhere between that range. You'd figure it out for yourself. What, what if you gave 1% to your, to your purpose or to your personal time? What if you just took five minutes to just pause and breathe and think about what you're trying to accomplish that day? Think about all the things you need to do, the conversations you need to have, right? So you give God some time. You, you set some time to really think about, all right, am I, am I working towards the destination that I set? Am I accomplishing it? It's just 1%. But by doing that every single day, you'll see that you keep moving in that direction. In some ways, you'll begin to move faster and faster because you're being intentional. What if we did that with our spouse? I can imagine, uh, for me, what if I gave my, my wife 1%? I probably wouldn't tell her, hey, I'm giving you my 1% now. Like, that's all you're giving me, 1%? But I guarantee you, 1% would actually begin to, it would, it would transform a relationship. When I mean 1%, I'd be like, uninterrupted time where it's just, hey, I'm going to be totally focused for these few minutes. Let, let's have this conversation. Let's talk about it. 1%. What if I did it with my kids? Whatever the percent, whatever the time frame it is you're thinking of, you know, I get home from from five, and my kids go to bed eight thirty or nine, right? So, what if I gave one percent of that time, just a few minutes of undivided attention to each one? That would make a big difference. In fact, a lot of times, I, I think I, you know, I try to give them a time, but it's usually like I'm trying to text somebody, I'm trying to talk to them, I'm trying to talk to this kid, and they really don't get a whole lot of me because they get just a little bit of me. What if I gave them all of me for just a short amount of time? It'd make a difference. When it came to serving. What if you gave 1% of your week, every single week, to serve other people? That's an hour and a half every single week. That's just 1%, but I guarantee that hour and a half of serving other people is going to make a huge difference in our city, in our town, and in our church. In fact, a lot of our team, we have a great team in the Grove. They do this every single week. Uh, We had a team show up this morning. They were here early. It was cold, uh, but they were here to set up the lights. They were here a couple weeks ago when it snowed, but they were here to shovel the snow. They're giving 1%. Well, 1% really doesn't make a difference. I think it makes a big difference. We have lights. We have sound. We have a great church. We have a great service, right? 1% makes a difference. What about serving? If you just gave 1% of your week, 1% of your day, 1% of your life. See, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like a whole lot, and really it's not a whole lot, but it's going to make a big difference if we begin to do it. What about 1% of 70,000? We have 70,000 people in the city of Santa Fe, Right? 1% would be 700 people. The first year of the Grove, we had 700, around 700 people come through our doors to experience a service, um, to come and hear about God, to hear teaching. I think that's pretty significant. A brand new church being able to impact 1% of its community, that's huge. I think that's really big. So this year, 2016, what if we went for the second percent and impacted another 700 people? Can you guys get excited with me about that? Saying, let's, let's reach another 1% of our city. That'd be awesome. 700 people. Wouldn't that be good? And, and then imagine with me as a church. So year one, we reach 700, 700 people. That's 1%. Year two, we're going into, uh, we reach another 1%, right? So that'd be 2%. What if year three, we were able to take the 2% and they would help us reach 4%? And then year four, we take the 4%, they would help us reach 8%. Year five, we'd be able to reach 16% of our city. By year five, what's that, um, 32% of our, year six, 44%. Year seven, we'd be reaching 80% of our city. By year eight, 176% of our city. That's just about 
the whole county of Santa Fe. Year nine, 252% of our city. And then by year 10, just in 10 years alone, if we kept doing that 1%, adding it and making it accumulate and adding it, making it keep going, compound interest, we'd be able to reach 704%. That's just about the equivalent of the city of Albuquerque. Just in 10 years, one church, a few people getting together saying, what if we lived intentional with our lives? What can we accomplish? We could reach the city of Santa Fe and the city of Albuquerque. Wouldn't that be awesome? It'd be awesome. And here's the truth. We can. Because it's not like we're just going after the 700. We're saying, let's build. Let's do 1% now. Let's do 1% here. Let's do 1% there. What is your 1% that you can do this year? I mean, if we look at all the kids that are starving around the world, we can't feed all of them, right? In fact, if we focus on all of them, we'll do nothing because it's so overwhelming. We say, I really can't make a difference. I'm just going to stay. But what if you can serve one kid? In fact, you can feed a kid for $10 in Haiti every month for $10. One kid. And that's not really 1%. That's actually like a real minuscule, less than 1%. But what if you just reached out for that one and said, I can't, re- I can't reach the billions but I can, or the millions, but I can feed the one. That could be the 1% that you begin to go after. You think it would make a difference? I guarantee you'd make a difference. I guarantee you'd make a difference in our world. So we have to stop thinking. We have to fix everything to say, what if we just served one? What if we just went after one? What if we just did this one thing? See, every, every single week, um, well, before I jump into that, our, our church is built around uh, a couple of stories that, that Jesus tells in the New Testament. One of them, um, he tells a story about the shepherd that has 100 sheep. He says the shepherd has 100 sheep, and when he takes the sheep home, he realizes one of his sheep is, is gone astray. It's missing. And you know what the shepherd does? He leaves the 99 that are safe, and he goes after the one that is lost. Jesus cares about the 1%. He loves the 99 that are found, but he's saying, hey, don't forget the 1%. Don't forget the one that is lost. Our church is built around saying there are a lot of 1% out there that we need to go after, we need to find, we need to help connect to Christ. He's just 1%. He invites us into this. Every single week, heaven celebrates and we celebrate with heaven. In that story, the Bible says that all of heaven, all the angels celebrate over one sinner who turns back to God. One person turns their heart to God, all of heaven celebrates. Can I tell you for the last 67 weeks, heaven is celebrated with the grove and the grove is celebrated with heaven? I like to tell people and ask me how the, how the church is going. How's the grove doing? I like to say, well, we're 67 and 0. I'm like, that's better than any football team. They're like, what are you talking about? For 67 weeks, we have seen at least one person come to Christ every single week we've been in existence. That's awesome. That's huge. And we celebrate that. That is awesome. Well, here, here's the thing. Our, our church averaged this, this first year, this, in 2015, we averaged 110 people every single week. So that means you actually represent about 1% of the average attendance. And you think, well, I really can't make a difference. No, you can make a difference. I told our team this morning, our team service, we have a team service that for those that serve, we get together and we kind of go over the message, have some worship time together, so that because they miss out when they're serving, they're out serving, so they, we let them come in and we do it together. I told them, you're the 1%. Literally, you are the 1% in our church that's making a difference. And you sometimes think, well, what's 1% going to do? Well, 1% by itself, you can't accomplish a whole lot, but when you begin to add the 1% and the 1% and the 1% and the 1%, our, our G-Kids team, I think there's like 12 to... 20 between our kids and our nursery, around 20 people that serve. That is 20% of our church that are serving our kids. 
You might not think, well, 1% doesn't make a difference. One by itself, maybe not a whole lot. But when you begin to add them together, they make a huge difference. Um, since we've started, 243 people have committed their life or recommitted their life to Christ since we started the Grove. In 2015 alone, we had 168 people make that commitment to say, I'm going I'm to follow Christ. That's awesome. Um, over 20, 20 of, those, of, those, of that number are kids from G-Kids. I love getting text messages from, from our team saying, hey, today, some, the, the kids, they got it. They want to follow Christ. Christmas Eve, there was a, a Facebook post that went up uh, thanking the church and said, during Christmas Eve service, one of their young daughters, during the message, just something clicked. And she said, it started a conversation. We began to talk about it, and it made sense to her. And she said, tonight, my daughter committed her life to Christ. Isn't that awesome? You know, a young girl in the middle of Christmas, Christmas Eve. And they were so, so happy because like, this is a great, great Christmas gift. Be able to see my kids follow Christ, make good decisions. Can you imagine her life if she stays on that course following Christ? All the pain she'll avoid. All the, the, the bad choices she could make if she would just say, God, I'm going to trust you with my life. It's a 1%. And our 1% we're making in her life is going to make a huge impact in the future. It's just 1%. No, 1% change can make it, could be a big difference. It could, you can get off, off course by 1%, or you can stay on and make those 1%, 1% choices that may help you get to that goal that you want to achieve. I showed you a, an email in the beginning of, uh, not email, I, I played that video for you in the beginning of service of a phone call that we got from a lady that this last year committed her life to Christ. I love her story. Um, it's so awesome. She, she emailed me this last week and said, here, I want to share my story for 2015, what's taking place. I want to read the email for you. One day I want to get her to I want to get a video of her just kind of sharing more of her story because she's told me and I'm blown away at what God has done, what He's allowed to um, her to her to be able to heal from and and to work through. It's just an amazing story. God changes things and God has changed her life. So I want to read this this email for you. She said. She said, "Good morning, Pastor Eric. I'm sending." You this as my contribution to your call for stories. Thank you so much. Thank you, Robert, Sincerity, and Lori, and the entire worship team at the Grove. Blessings and Merry Christmas. December 21st, 2015. As a small business owner, entrepreneur, I've had the great honor of helping many persons throughout the years. As an independent person who has never relied on anyone and never really had anyone to rely on, I found myself at loss earlier this year. My father who I was estranged from for 28 years but became best friends during the last 10 years, became terminally ill. He told my sister and I Thanksgiving weekend of 2013. Almost immediately, the complications of his cancer began to take an extreme toll, and my younger sister and I spent all of 2014 watching this strong, proud, and independent man die before our very eyes. Three times I had to rush to his home to find him bleeding out. Four times he was hospitalized as a result. Four times he went through surgery to prevent future bleeding. His last episode was so bad that he had to stay in an assisted living residence for a month to get strong enough to come home. When dad came home, it was only two months later, August 2014, that he died with his four daughters by his side in his home. After the funeral, everyone went home and about their daily lives, but I was lost without my dad. My mother, who lived close to me, became ill also, and so the routine with my dad started with mom. Doctor appointments, worry, hospital stays. Fortunately, Mom recovered, but by this time, it was January 2014. I found myself devastated and alone with no one to talk to and no one to call for help in my darkest hour, which often came. 
Then one day, I was driving home and burst out into tears and just kept thinking how alone I am and that how could that be? After all the people that I've helped and befriended, why am I alone? I was sitting in the driveway crying uncontrollably and turned off the car to go in the house. I couldn't move. Just couldn't move. So I started the car and drove and drove it off. And the radio was on my present station, 98.1 KBAC. So I thought. All of a sudden, the song came onto the radio and this angelic voice started singing, I am not alone. You are always with me. You will go before me. I am not alone. The song was speaking to me. I sat through the song and then another song came on and I looked at the station thinking, the station number thinking that this was not KBAC and it wasn't, it was Caleb. I, I didn't even know the station existed, much less dialed it up. This was on January 30th. I went to my first service at the Grove on February 1st. I didn't know anything about the Grove. I just had seen the signs when my dad and I would, would have our usual breakfast at the Plaza Cafe. I cried the whole service and lifted my heart to God, Jesus, that day. I committed my life to Christ through baptism on April 19th this year, and I've never had a lonely moment since. I'm not alone. God is always with me. God goes before me. I am not alone. Thank you to the Grove community for being there when God called me. Thank you, God, for changing my radio station to K-Love, which I have not changed since that day in January of 2015. And we just did a series on how our names matter. And she went she gave her name. It means noble, merciful, bear. is what they stands for. And it's awesome. Mercy that God has given and the grace Patricia, I love your story. Thank you for sharing it. Patricia's the 1%. That's why we started the Grove. We went after Patricia. <clears throat> and after Meredith, and after Miggs, and after all those that, that, that have gone, given their, heart, their lives to, to Christ and went through baptism, water baptism, it's awesome. In her story, I see 1% all over it. Those little insignificant changes sometimes can mean a world of difference. The radio station changing, I think that's a 1%. There's a little sliver in our day we don't even maybe understand, but it could make a huge difference. The signs that are posted, we tell our team that, that take the sign out, their job is important. This is a proof of it. The signs that are around the theater as people drive, it's a 1%. We might not really think it makes a difference, but man, it's there and people recognize and they say, oh, I'm, I'm going to go check that out. I'm going to go see what it's about. 1%. Our greeters, people working in nursery, our, G, our G Kids team, our worship team, myself, Pastor Robert, as a team, the setup team, we're all 1%. And when we do the things that we can do, we make a big difference together. Don't ever think that what you do is insignificant or doesn't matter because it does for all those around you. What is the 1% that you could begin to do this year? 2016, that would help you get to that destination you want. You want a healthy marriage? What's the 1% you could change? You want to be, you want, you want to be successful financially? What's the 1% you could change? Because a lot of times it's just little changes that we begin to make that help us to get down the path that God is leading us to. What's the 1% for 2016? Here's my challenge for you. Small changes can make a big difference. Just a 1% change can make a big difference. So challenge this. Pick a destination for 2016. In all these different areas, pick a destination. What I mean by that is set a goal, make a plan. All right, Set a goal, make a plan to, to, to be able to get to that goal, and then write it down. This is a key part. If you don't 
write it down, you will never be able to measure and know if you ever accomplished it. Write it down. And then the next part is tell somebody about it. Get some accountability. Ask people to help you on on that that journey and that process. And then start. Then just start. Begin to do it. And I guarantee the 1%, whatever it is that you're doing, you're going to look down in in one month, two months, you're going to be able to realize, wow, this is actually making a big difference in my life. I challenge you. Try it. Caleb challenge. You know, they, I think they challenge what to try 30 days with just Christian music. See what happens. Yeah, it makes a difference when you're driving down the road and you know song. One of the songs we're singing at church or song comes on. You're not alone, man. You know you're not alone, and you can love the person next to you talking because you're not alone. He's not alone or she's not alone. It makes a difference. Those little changes can make a difference. Five minutes a day, if you prayed and read the Bible. I guarantee you would begin to grow. you begin to understand more about God and how things work. I read the Proverbs to my kids almost every night. It's a 1%. It doesn't seem like a big difference. But man, they beg me to read it before they go to sleep. Pray and read. And it's going to get deep in their hearts. They begin to realize what wisdom is all about that comes from God. 1% can make a big difference. That's my challenge for you today. So if you're here today, and maybe you're not a Christian, you came to the right place. We want to introduce you to, what, to a God that loves and a God that cares. A God that, that came to show us a better way. And for you, going into 2016, the best thing you can do is start a new, path, a new journey, a new direction with your life. Maybe you look back at 2015 and your destination that you're at now was not what you were hoping when you started 2015. Can you make 2016 a better year? Would you begin to let God lead you and guide you? See, if you came today... And you um, don't have a relationship with God. It's not an accident that you're here. I believe the reason you're here and the reason God has brought you to the grove is because he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to know him in a personal way. He wants you to know like he did with Patricia that you're not alone. That whatever situation you face, he wants to help you. That he loves you, that he cares for you, that he has good plans for your life. Over and over throughout the Bible, that's what, that's what the Bible is talking about. The story of God saying, I have a better way for you. Would you trust me? Would you let me lead you? So do me a favor. If, would you all close your eyes as we close the service today? The Bible says that if you confess your sins to God, God will forgive you. And the Bible uses language like you'll become a new person. You'll be born again. You'll have a new start. Wouldn't it be awesome to have a new start as you end 2015 and go into 2016? Like Patricia's story, I love that story. God is leading, a God of redemption, of saying, I want, I want to help you through the middle of all of this. I want to lead you. If you're here today, and you want to commit your life to God, you want to follow Him, you want to become a Christian, you want to say, God, I give you it all, would you do me a favor and just lift your hand? I won't call you down. I just want to lead you in a prayer. Awesome. 68 and 0. Awesome. If you raise your hand, I want to lead you in a prayer. It's just a simple prayer just saying, God, forgive me of my sin. And the beautiful thing is God does. The Bible says that he removes our sin as far away from us as the east is from the west. And he forgets about it. And he brings new life to us. If you, if you raise your hand, would you say this prayer with me? Some of you that are Christian, would you join and encourage them and help them? Say this prayer. Say, Father God, Today, I invite you into my life. 
Help me to have a new start. Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my sin. I invite you today to lead me. I believe you died on that cross for my sins, for my wrong. I accept that sacrifice. I believe you're alive today and you want to help me. So I accept your help. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.